All right, yeah, let's set it off. <clears throat> Welcome to the Art Podcast. I'm Mike Lobezy. What's up? I'm Dirty South Joe, Joe Masarway. What's going on? I'm Jabert. Yeah, yeah. Today the we got a, we got our first our first guest since our return. Uh, he's been doing radio for years. He's been Wiz Khalifa's DJ for years, and he is. A Pennsylvanian. I don't know your exact. We're gonna yeah, find out yeah. the exact origin story. But DJ Bonix is with us. Hey, yeah. give it up for the bowl. Thank you, y'all. It's yeah, funny because I know each it. one of you guys from like three different yeah, scenarios, right, right, and yeah. so it's uh, great to be all in one room and yeah, very, yeah, multi- yeah, very multicultural in here. It's right, right, <laughs> right, inclusive. One thing, uh, inclusive. really interesting. Uh, once upon a time, DJ Bonix invited me to be on his podcast like five years ago. Yeah. Longer, maybe. Yeah. It's a long time ago. And we went to his crib, and we set up some mics, and we started smoking, and then just... I couldn't fucking finish the sentence. Crashed. No, it crashed. <laughs> it we both like, crashed, though. And he was just like, like <laughs> yeah, he's like playing me footage from the, like, the, the previous podcast, and he just like had like... Justin Bieber on and stuff. Nah. And I was just like, the guy's like sitting at the kitchen table just crashing and burning and couldn't even like get a sentence out because I was so baked. Well, yeah. I, feel, I feel like podcasts come a long way too yeah. from then on because I was just coming true. from like a radio approach and he was definitely coming from like a stoner approach and <laughs> now the stoner approach is so welcomed. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. So, uh, so you, you've been in Philly. We've, we've been sharing a few bills lately at yeah. some clubs yeah. uh, at Woody's and whatnot and um Asked you to hop on the podcast, tell us what's going on with you now. Um, I think the first time we met, you probably don't remember this, but you DJ'd um, Bo and Emile's The Bounce Party. Oh, shit. That in was like, in like 2012. That was I crazy. Just like, I just came. Yeah, that's a good party, right? They're still doing that. Yeah. And um, I remember saying, what's up to you afterwards? Just like being like, yo, what's up? And you were like, oh, Lil B from the Hollerboard. So you were, you were uh, part definitely. of the, the Hollerboard yeah. community. D- uh, I mean, I, I don't think I had like a screen name or anything. Yeah, you were, you were I definitely was like a lurker. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I don't know, though. <laughs> but yeah, it, I mean, it's weird because it was such uncharted territory mm. that like, it's like a, you're like a wizard and that whole and people who like you look up to, especially people who like mate like when Spider won the MySpace thing, like to me, I was like, that was the first time anyone was doing shit with the Internet or whatever. Mm-hmm. So like all that shit's legendary to me. That era. Right. Yeah. It was almost like a like the bubble, like the dot com bubble. That was like the bubble for totally. DJing. Like you had like AM's rise. Right. You know, and he was like he kind of just lifted all waters for well, you, all you could days. feel the cool kids though in the room in the uh, hollerboard because like people would post shit and not get any reaction and then some people <laughs> would post shit they'd be like oh i posted a couple of remixes on there and i don't even remember what reaction i got but i just remember being them like horrible be more edits yeah but that's what you know that's what from, we did that was his days before the i don't know the payola but but if you really wanted to get some traction on the hollerboard with a post you have to get like Emil to get involved somehow because oh. he, he had an amazing like ability. He was the original troll. He was yeah. algorithm. He was just yeah. He he was he just knew whatever hot button issue would get everybody going like. And on you would the just regular. have like a hundred responses. Yeah, he was pages. really good at just like setting on a little fire that turned into a fucking like forest fire. Yeah, crazy. and that turned into like all the like white labels basically, right? Hollertronics is that the same shit or no? No, that was kind of like um. Is that different? Those were kind of just like mashups that we made. I guess later they may have been drawn from there, but I I really I feel like the first like Holotronics you're talking about like the EPs and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, they were just kind of different edits that we did, and then people we knew did. But that's still you guys, right? You put those out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. yeah the first one were were actually me and Wes. I still have all. Maybe the second one. 
but towards the last few, it, it was kind of just grabbing from different uh, different contributors. You know? The basic the thing that the ones later like had in common was they were essentially like bootlegs, you know, mm-hmm. like that was it. Yeah, everything so. was adju- was like it took a minute to adjust. Like when I hear a song now, and I I just like I'll just buy it on iTunes. Yeah, I feel like you couldn't do that in two thousand six. Like I don't know. Or if you wanted something cool, you definitely could have just well, buy it online. Right. I think that's a difference with, and I don't, I don't want to jump down this lane too mm-hmm. hard, but like, that's the difference with DJing right now is that like the audience, they have more songs in their pocket than you have on your computer, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I think DJs forget that, and they don't understand. Well, what what do you mean you don't have it before? You could wait till as long as you can to play that song because there was no way for them to hear it on demand unless they mm-hmm. bought it, right? So they're going to the club and they're waiting for you to drop whatever song, 50 Cent in the club even right. at the time or something. Right. And that works then. And that mentality of like, I'm going to wait as long as I can to play this yeah. song. I don't know if it applies anymore, but um, it's, that's interesting to, to think it, about. No, that is. And, and you mentioned that to me and I, I never really thought of it that way. But it really is, uh, it really is true because when you think... You're like 50 Cent era. I feel like in the 90s, there was music you would only hear in clubs. And that's right. why you would go. I mean, you, know, that, you were like, uh, yo, like someone yeah. released a joint on Friday. You're going to yeah. go out that night. You're like, yo, the place is going to go crazy when they right. drop this. But that's why some, a birthday girl doesn't understand that. Because she could go outside with her 12, 15 friends and just play on a speaker that they brought. You know what I would right. suggest to that girl? Go outside with your friends. True, 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 true. I'm not like a no, massive uh, no request uh, no, eater. About that. Know, yeah, but. I I I, pr- I try and be pretty accommodating, but you de- I definitely like break down. Like, give me some time. True. You no, know, yeah. lately I've been like, yo, no requests now. Like, just let me get the room going right, first. Right, it's ten oh five. Yeah, I mean, I was I was trying to say it in like a fun way, like, yeah. yo, we just getting started. Right, what are you talking right, about? Right, like, right, or right. You, hey, you got you didn't buy a drink yet? I was yeah, like, you yeah. owe me some time. Yeah, like, yeah. I can't, you know, like, and make it fun in a way that's communicative, not like, mm-hmm. fuck you. Right. You're not like you're a cop or something, right? I, I mean, know. I get the fuck request yeah. thing. I get it, but yeah, uh, I, maybe no, I'm too nice for that. It is a customer service position. You so, know I mean, most people don't want to look at that, like in that way. And if you're performing your own music and whatever like exactly but if right. you're like playing music and a bar. if i can make someone's fucking night by yeah. playing a song that i didn't buy right you know what i mean if you go wow. out in front of the venue you're working at and your name is not like in lights in a yeah. really big kind of <laughs> way I, i'm gonna give you a high five <laughs> like for that if you're not you're, names you're on the, the ticket then right, you are right. one step below the bartender right. in the social hierarchy of important people in the room like well, you're above the bus boy but you're below the bartender. <laughs> but my thing is that you don't hear the bartender tweet the next day like, I can't believe someone ordered a Bud Light. Like, right, no, right. man. Like, they fucking ordered a Bud Light. Someone requested a hit song. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Great. Well, you, I, saw, is, you know, I, I brought your attention to a, a post by a, a DJ who remained unnamed here in Philadelphia yeah. who was just like, uh, it was the most adversarial relationship yeah. I've ever seen between somebody and the audience at the Yeah, bar. he was almost he getting had, off on he, being he literally a dick said, to this guy. Yeah, I always say if if 70 to 80% of the people in the room aren't there particularly because you are, then you have no you you have no leg to stand on in terms of denying requests. And I, and I get I get it as far as like, look, okay, we all go through these rude interactions. Yeah, yeah, I know yeah. we want to sun people, but you know, if you are if you killed it last night and the next day you have 4 hours you actually you maybe you had like 3 hours and 57 minutes to talk about 
some great aspect of your night. Right. But you chose that three minutes that you wanted to <laughs> slam dunk on someone. Yeah. That tells me you're bored. And yeah. also, who's right. who's dunking on who at that point? I think you just got posterized because you're the one the next day that's all fucking like complaining and stuff. And that uh, yeah. person, that person just fucking made their request and living their life. Totally. I actually flip it like you said, and I'll be like, some girl just came up and asked if I needed a drink of water. Because <laughs> that happens too. Or right, like, right, right. Oh, oh my yeah, God. yeah, like, yeah. Just that's funny though. But that's yeah. funny. You know? Some girl just came up and told me I was killing it, man. What the fuck? You know? Because that, like, there you can focus on those interactions too. Right, right, know? right. Totally. I mean, uh, yeah, and whatever. It's so funny to because like you don't want to step on toes and be. It's, it doesn't go across the board for everyone, but that's like some of the worst aspects of your job. Like, yeah, and you feel the need to express that. That to me is like wasted energy. You know? Right. Yeah, right. it's not worth it. But it's fun to talk about. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I've had crazy request stories or whatever. But, you know, sometimes I feel the urge to tweet, like, someone asked for a song. I played it. They had a good night. You know, like, right, just, right, right. just some <laughs> real simple ass shit. Yeah. At the end of the day, man, I just like to make people dance. I, yeah. And, and I wanna, I'm going to use whatever tools I need to do that. True. To, whatever I need right. to do to make people lose their shit. Right. My mom told me recently, she was like, uh, one of her friends was... A, Telling her that he has to work 180 hours a w- or 160 hours a week to pay his rent, or oh, a week, yeah. 160 hours a month or whatever to pay right. just to pay his rent. Right. And so like I was just like, man, that's that's a lot of fucking work. I've, right? I've yeah. always tried to look at it that way. Even um, it's a balance, right? Because you have to know your worth, and you have to you don't want to be like underpaid. But when you break it down to like a working man's uh, level it's like even shitty dj money is great money you know i mean yo you asked a 20 i guess there was there was that conversation before about like undercutting dj pay or whatever right but the reality is like if you tell a young person like listen you really keep it real if you make 15 bucks an hour and and you know don't take 300 dollars to right this night or whatever right to me the choice is obvious i remember the first time and when i was in my early 20s i got paid $300 for a gig and uh, I told my boys to come out and, I was, and they were like how much you getting for this? I was like 300 like yo I worked all week for that at like their shitty job yeah, or whatever I mean, we were all like 19 20 or something like that and I was like it's different like because some people are able to like make good money off of like I don't want to say yeah. like gimmicks or whatever because it's not a gimmick if you're making money off it right. you know? uh, but you know being with Wiz at one from not being with Wiz to Wiz was like very helpful of course. You know, in yeah, some yeah, yeah. scenarios, especially overseas and shit. But uh, I don't where, know. Man. Where were you when uh, the pandemic hit? Were, Yo, you with, cra- were you on the road with yeah, Wiz? Yeah, actually, good. that's a great question. I was in Dubai. Wow. With Wiz. <laughs> so, so funny. In, that my weekend, mind, in my mind, before we had this conversation, I'm thinking you were in Dubai with Wiz when that happened. Yo, because <laughs> like, it true. seems like a crazy place to be. Uh, so we were there for the weekend. We, have, we do like two shows and... You know that it's a thing when Trump shuts down travel through right. Europe. So I had to change my, yeah. they had to change my flight yeah. to not go through Europe. Tom Hanks got COVID that right. weekend. It all happened right. within 15 yep. minutes. And, and then the NBA, NBA shut down. And the yeah. NBA shut down. I was and heading out to do Glow Bar that night. So um, I remember we partied that night and we were like, Wiz, this might be like the last night to party. Like, uh-huh. And uh, it was. <laughs> Basically, yeah. so we fl- I, they changed my flight and we flew back. So imagine flying, imagine flying there though. So we're flying there, COVID was still talk and chatter, right? And people coughing on the plane. Yeah, and that's yeah. when it was like right. super heightened. You didn't really know. And then flying back, 
Um, we got caught. I got caught in the uh, what do you call it? Like the security mm-hmm. coming back to Chicago. So they changed customs. my flight direct to Chicago and customs. Yeah, they had the. This is the first time they ever did any sort of COVID protocol. Right. So like I literally was in line for like three or four hours. Oh, dad. And but I remember on the plane right there, there was like this dude coughing the whole time. And it just was <laughs> like now I've ridden so many planes. And I'm like, yeah, All right, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, truthfully, like. It's a bodily function, you know, coughing. Right, so, right, like, right. I, can't, I don't want to program myself yeah. to be scared <laughs> no. of my fucking friends coughing. So yeah. Like smoke weed. Um, but, uh, yeah, dude, totally was... It wasn't... It was just like the last plane to USA, yeah. it felt like. And then Chicago, we were in line, and, you know, all these people are coming in from Mexico, and everyone's like, uh, yeah. and then... Sounds like a like um, like some kind of post-apocalyptic I was movie or something. Everything had that Contagion. feel to it around him. You were actually traveling, so I'm sure that was even heightened, but everything had that feel to it where, like, the scientists are saying this and no one's listening to them and blah, 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 and this is going to happen. And you were like, yo, I'm in a disaster movie right now. But right. thankfully, like, you know, no aliens now came Maybe this is, like, trade secrets here, but how do you guys go to Dubai without there being an international incident? I'm just saying, like, that's not Dubai a place that cool, you can... Right? They're not cool with weed. Oh, um, <laughs> well, sometimes that we, sometimes that we went there, um, the weed comes to you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but sometimes when we, I mean, there's a, there's a couple answers to that. Yeah. I, there's definitely been quick nights or whatever where there's been places in the world where we went where Wiz didn't smoke, which tells me that bag is amazing. You know? Right. Yeah. The bag don't change for me. But um, that you know, they he wouldn't do that if the bag wasn't right. Right, right. if that's a stipulation. I feel like in any type of authoritarian state, like there's always a little exception. Well, I mean, I I was just I'm I'm very curious about this just because he he kind of is the number one weed artist in the world. I tell you a story. Here's a good story. This is how like where it comes back to you. And maybe I'm saying too much, but whatever. (laughs) Uh, We perform in Saudi Arabia a couple. uh, a couple of years ago Nobody lost a hand No Well <laughs> the thing is That they didn't really allow concerts Like in the last few years Like uh-huh. it was a new thing for them So um, We fly to Saudi Arabia And basically we're told Like look Don't even think about bringing yeah, it Yeah none no of your shenanigans pens, Like you know Nothing And so um, When we get there We get to this We are in this magnificent hotel It's amazing and I get this text message from this kid, and he's like, I forget his name. I'm sure it's in my phone somewhere. He's like, yo, I'll just say his name's Bob. Yeah. Probably wasn't Bob. He was like, yo, it's Bob. I met you in 2012 at a show in North Carolina. Um, I live here, and I got some loud for you. And I'm just like, this is scary. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrifying. It's terrifying. And so normally what I do, no matter how long I'm in a city, whether it's like four hours or four days, I'm like, can you pick me up and take me around the city? Mm-hmm. Like I just try to see shit. And so he pulls up and um, he pulls out this and we're sitting in traffic and he like gives me this joint and then he's like, smoke it, man. And I'm just like, are you Guess fucking I'm sure? High. Like, are you sure? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, whether I smoked it or not, you know. So what story. was his, uh, what was his level of fear for, about all that? I didn't feel like it, but when I, when I would just base it off He his. was actually kind of scared yeah. like, like, at the concert later when we were trying to do something, but, in the car, we were in the car, and I was like, "This yeah. is crazy," you know. Right. But we've been to definitely different cities like Japan, and but the penalty, the risk is just so much bigger, right? Yeah, that's mean, what the what's his name, uh, Futures DJ. He he. That's uh, good, right? Yeah, yeah, he got caught. Whatever, fifty six nights yeah, he had to exactly. spend. Exactly, and there. then also, 
I don't know. Where was this? Detroit. It was. Uh, was that in Dubai? Yeah, it was in Dubai. Okay, yeah, yeah, that it was makes definitely sense. Definitely in Dubai. Yeah. He got caught for like a gram of weed or some shit. Damn. I think Dre Sinatra too. You guys know Dre Sinatra? He's a Ty Dolla's DJ. Yeah, he's the man. Uh, he is banned from Dubai, I think. Holy shit! <laughs> yeah, which is better than I guess getting arrested. Right, right, right. Damn. So um, let's. I love I love origin stories. What uh? Where does weed come? From? <laughs> where do weed? <laughs> what came first, the bud or the seed, man? What uh? What what was your first DJ memories? What got you into all this shit? Um, first music memories. I mean, like, I guess we're always around music, like Filipinos, you know? We're, right, like, right. singing this motherfucker. Yeah, I've done a few <laughs> Filipino weddings. It's a yeah. good time, yeah. So my dad's actually, like, it's still now to this day, he, like, is in a band, and he plays, like, guitar and sings, and my mom used to play piano and mom, and all that shit. Um, I try to pick up a few instruments, whatever, and uh-huh. fake it, but... uh we just always around this musical shit. So I always, and then Philly radio, right? Let's okay. be honest. So, so you like, were born in Philadelphia. Yeah, I was born in Philly. And you lived here most Until of your I youth. moved from, to go to college. Okay. So oh, okay, from, yeah. So but, you grew up here. Yeah. Oh, let's be honest. So I was born in Alney and I lived there until I was about 10. Okay. And then we moved to Lansdale. Music always kind of was around. So like, and then growing up listening to Philly music and um, I used to always like know what songs coming up. I don't know. You uh-huh. know, my ear was, was cool. Like even that like. DJ M in that movie where he's talking about the blinker of the light and like Abbott being a metronome when it's on beat like all those ticks happen with me and and uh, I would even try to make my own mixtapes or whatever but I really didn't pick up turntables so I went to college okay and um, I walked into this dude I know knew this other cat and he was like let's go hang out with him and literally the techniques were there and it was just like as soon as I put my hands on it yeah. like, to think that it shit changed my life it's crazy it's right, crazy. right. So awesome. my dad uh, later that so this was 1998 my dad that Christmas, he bought me DJ in a box, which was like this. Right, I remember that. Yeah, like uh, belt-driven blue New yeah, York. Yeah, yeah, Terrible yeah. shit. I, early but shit, me too. Yeah, shit. So, uh, you know, immediately after that, I, like, would go to Sounds of Norristown. I don't know if you remember that record uh, store. I don't know that one, but, uh, man, yeah. that was a Sounds good, about right. Yeah, Sounds of Norristown. Yeah, it was yeah. dope. And then um, when I went, actually, eventually, Kid Swift, you remember him? This dude, he I used do. to work at, uh, 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 he used to work, he was a fucking bomb-ass Philly DJ. Yeah. He um, worked at this store. It wasn't Armand's. It was like one of the other ones. That sounds we, of Market, Funko yeah, Mark. Sounds of Mark. Uh-huh. It was sounds of Mark. He worked yeah. there, and he sold me my like some techniques and shit. And like so, just being around him and Philly, man. Like yeah. I'll stand on this. Philly's got the best DJs in the whole world. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's for a guy that like got to see a bunch of DJs around the world. For real. Know? And not yeah. to say there isn't great DJs like the Bay, obviously Chicago. Oh, yeah. Like amazing. Thing. Everyone has their traditions, but the Philly tradition has like a certain, it's really a tradition. I mean, and it's Philly, really it's just like, like, it's as blue collar as the yeah. city is. It's right. Yeah. Like DJing isn't just like some kind of frilly thing. It's like a real hardcore, like passed on to generations industry. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You noticed that when you moved here, yeah. I've been working at Armand's that it was like, there's three generations, generations of, of families like, coming in. And, and yeah. I think it's multi-genre though. Like I think right. that's the one thing about Philly too is that like we're multi-genre like DJs. And a lot of DJs they would they don't want the glitz over the just like keeping it you know yeah. like some of these cats are way too talented to even still be here to be honest with you. Yeah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um and that doesn't mean like whatever they can't be here and exist and be right. whatever. It just but, means they they kind of generally just feel more comfortable and prefer it you know yeah like it's I mean, like there's it's, just like a grit yeah. here that like uh and again i can't say enough like multi-genre man like they know their soul music like here right. active on the verses 
I think it was the which one was it? I don't know. He was one of the R and B ones or something. Yeah, it was all yeah. R and B ones. The, uh, but him, he oh, speaking of the active. I mean, he. I saw Active play uh, this past weekend at this uh, All Love Block Party, mm-hmm. and he brought out. I can't remember his bull's name, but he brought somebody out who like they called themselves the Action Heroes, the Action Figures, Action Figures. Oh, yeah. was it the guitar? No, yeah. I, you oh, guys have played the guitar? guitar. No, he had a guitar turntable. Yeah, you saw it on his Instagram. Yeah. Was it yeah. uh, Evil Tracy? <clears throat> so Action Figures were Evil Tracy, DJ Ghetto. They're all kind of related. They're like cousins. Uh-huh. I think like DJ Ghetto turn- and Active were brothers. They're brothers. Okay, I didn't know if they were brothers or, I, but it's Tracy, and then I think, and then there was other action figures too. Well, this performance, it was a black dude. Yeah, yeah, it was probably Evil Tracy or Ghetto. But he put on a he put on like a mask. He had on like a kind of a crazy futuristic fit, you know. And then he brought out like he had the guitar, um, CDJ. CDJ. Yeah, this and is it crazy. Was, you gotta show it to me. And it was it was so lit. It was amazing. I mean, it's something that like, those guys were the original like weird Philly turntablist guys, man. They were. Uh, I used to go see them in the late '90s all the time. Active was super young because Active's younger than me. But uh, yeah, that that those were the guys who were killing it back then. They would have all their routines, action figures. Well, I heard of them, but yeah, it was action figures. Scratch Mechanics was obviously. Um, what other crews were there back then? I don't know. There was, those were the two big ones. But you were also saying he was in like the, we call it the chumpy bag, which is like the Philly, oh, yeah. the Philly block party classics that are huge here, but nowhere else. No, yeah, no one knows right. them anywhere else. Right. Like Kwame, only you. Like you play that in Philly, oh, you're going to get God. the best reaction. You play it somewhere else, you might be like, what? what's good to You know, another one song? of it is, uh, I think, Mac Daddy. I don't know. Mac Daddy. Yeah, that's it. That's that it. Yeah, yeah, that's, what, that's Mac Daddy. Right? I don't think a lot of cities was driving that way. No, right? and I Bobby heard Connors. Bobby, I heard Bobby Connors. I think it was on the road podcast, and he talked about how like Philly was the biggest seller for that song. Yeah. So yeah, songs like that. Any any of the hip hop reggae's from that, like uh, Capleton Tour. Yeah. Uh, yep. What's the? Oh, no, shot them. There's so many. I mean, I I think Samir's theme kind of falls under. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's the new. Yeah. There's the club section of it. There's the there's the hip hop reggae's. There's the that like n- early '90s hip hop like Kwame, only you, uh, only you. And man, uh, this is a great. So Samir's theme has a very. Uh, it's just like spreading its influence. What's that? Samir's theme. Yeah, it's like it's really becoming one of the most popular just party starting songs of There's all time. There's three new like, edits on my record pool from like EDM guys. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> but even uh, the notorious. Uh, don't play Samir's theme type party called right. Making Time. Right, right, right. Remember that highlight from <laughs> it was like, the video. It was the like, video. Yeah, it was like, yeah, it was was like the girl what that do you mean? It? Like, you, I think it was you like, can't play it at all? Dave was never a Baltimore club guy who did Making Time. It was okay. always more like indie, uh, like electro, dance, indie dance, right? like super cool, you know, like right, just yeah. cool. And now it's more like, now he's even like techno y, ravey, very like cutting edge electronic shit. Dave P definitely like super uh, innovative on the whole party scene and pushing genres of music and he was a big influence on us but he was not a big fan of what we were doing in terms of dirty south music and baltimore club Mm. but it was funny to see the influence kind of go in a roundabout way when he had a guest on his anniversary party yeah well yeah it was also i think it was their first big party post covid yeah 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 we should know her name i think it was avalon emerson Avalon Emerson. I think so. That, yeah. Because I remember showing you the clip. Yeah. And, and, like, and she played Samir's <laughs> theme and the place went the fuck off. And it was everyone was sharing this video. 
And I was just kind of like, man. Yeah. 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 It Samir, came back around. Shout out to Samir, I guess, right? Uh-huh. He's from Baltimore? Yeah. Debonair yeah, Samir? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Right, right. We actually had the same manager at some point. We were, uh, but yeah, I hope he's getting paid. Did he get paid? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> did he get paid off that record? I I have the I have the vinyl. I yeah, bought the vinyl of that. I definitely have that. Mm-hmm. I just for like after 15 years, I've had my records at my mom's for the last 10 years in her garage, and so recently I've been like, man, I want to sell my records. Like, fuck this shit. I need to like be free from it because you know, if yeah, you, yeah. If you like have record. Like, I love people that are very enthusiastic about records, right. like the cute collection that they <laughs> yeah, have. Yeah. But like when you have to haul that shit around, I, that's like a whole sweet. other yeah. fucking story. Right. And so I I don't want to say I hate vinyl because I obviously don't, but I have a love hate relationship with it because you got to fucking tug that shit around mm-hmm. and it's like a lot. If you have records like i wanted to make sure i used to bring eight crates with me to dj clubs like yeah, i had yeah. to make sure i, had uh, the I would just shovel them in like three i would just but they'd uh, yeah, be busting totally, out yeah, the side. Totally, man, i was yeah. i was like bonix i had too much always way too many records way too many me. but i had to be prepared for that shit that's how well, i feel that's what was crazy when we were first uh traveling with holotronics and we would be like what do people want us to play because we were playing so much shit and we would both just kind of like it was really hard before it was because it was like right before Serato right. so we'd each be bringing like two crates on a plane trying to figure out like what because sometimes you'd go there and it'd be like a hipster crowd and they'd want to hear like hipster shit and then it'd be like a crunk crowd that wants to hear Dirty South shit in Baltimore right. Club and be like what if one doesn't work we need to have it was tough but thank God Serato came out we don't have to do that dumb shit anymore but yeah I know what you mean I, I go through my records a lot and doing so made me kind of fall in love with them again like Dude, I'm really you know, that's, that's exactly that's what, what i was gonna say, say. so yeah. i move i so uh i'm like transitioning right now to move again right so i have some time with my mom so i moved them into the basement like literally this past sunday and i set them up and i set my turntables up and so i just went i haven't been on twitch in like four months and i was i started twitching the last few days and like I can entertain motherfucker with one. I have probably like seventy crates or some shit. I could entertain the whole Twitch hour and a half with one crate, and it ranges from like Roberta Flack to fucking David Banner. Like yeah. it's crazy the amount of records I have. And then I realized I have a different experience with it because I did college radio, and so they were like force feeding us free records. So I have like right. a right. lot yeah. of fucking records, mm-hmm. and I thought everyone was going through that for a second. But when I thought when I was going through my collection recently, I was like, yo, my shit is banging. Like right. I'm not selling these right now, and I'm having so much fun, and it's opening up my whole. I started recording shit in Serato, like, yeah, because I, I can't find this shit on right. digital. Right, I don't right. want the YouTube rip, you know. Yeah, um, it made me. It it really like brought out that. Uh, the lady Marie Kondo, the house cleaning lady, you know that Japanese lady? <laughs> Does she's it bring like, you joy? Yeah, he's like, she's like, to declutter your life, just like oh, pick yeah, up yeah, an yeah, object. Right, if it right, sparks right. joy, keep it. If right. not, get rid of it. And I, I never felt that more than with records because there's tons where I'm like, why do I have this terrible song that I was a $5.99 sticker on it? I thought I needed it for one weekend. I never played it. There's a lot of unplayed joints. Right. Killer cuts. But then you grab one and you're like, oh man, I remember when I first dropped it. And like, it really sparks this joy. And you're like, wow, it's like looking at a photo album. I said this to on Twitch and whatever, maybe I'm romanticizing it, but it's like I'm touching this record that fifteen years ago I was dropping. Yeah. Like what like what would that fifteen year old Bonnick say now? Mm -hmm. You know, and it just felt like a moment. Like dude, like that energy transfer of like this was a blueprint to where you you know, you're making a living off this. You fucking had bad credit and put records and mixers on credit cards and shit 
to make this happen like right. I, you yo we would if we wanted that record for friday night like we would have to go get there before anyone else did to get it before them because they only had six eight copies and everyone wanted it right. so like man just i used to i was telling them on the twitch too i was like i used to dj on the radio for four hours and not repeat like i used to do mm. clubs and not repeat with records and like that's crazy to think yeah about. yeah like, i remember going to new york once to do the rub and i was getting ready to go there and you called me and you were like i think you need to come to armand's and get this record <laughs> and it was past that dutch missy missy elliott and i was like dude do i really need it like that man i'm like about to head out and he's like i think you should get it it's it's a new timberland production it's really <laughs> weird it's perfect for holotronics and i was like all right can't grab it, it was a killer cuts white label yeah, of course uh, but uh, but the, yeah that's what it was like it wasn't like yeah you just got to just download it. Just find yeah, an MP3. You can't because you needed to have like I remember points where I like I didn't have back that ass up or something. And I like had to play it off CD, and I'm just like, this not cutting it. Mm -hmm. You know, like I gotta get this 12 inch. But my record collection is crazy. Like I would love to bring a crate up here. Just like it's so wild, man. It's just random. Yeah, shit, well, man. you know, we would shit, man. We were talking earlier. I, I might have to get on this Twitch, but Twitch wave now. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. People are making money it's, off it's it. It's funny because right? like I think that a lot of people didn't share information on purpose. Uh, yeah, because they didn't want oversaturated. Right, right, whatever. Right. I feel like it got saturated though. That's why I wasn't on it. I'm like, dude, every every time I look up, someone's starting a live stream. Man. Like, I think the hard part about it is that like the same rules don't apply on Twitch and in, in real DJing. And people like us who've been DJing for a long fucking time and are like, especially Philly guys, man. I'm telling you, Philly guys are the ones that are like, mm. like, we want to try to be authentic and shit. Uh, now I'm just laughing for six months. I told Mike, I'm like, we're gonna get a bag, man. There's a bag. There's coming a bag, from this man. Church. People are never got the bag. Making... Yeah, because it wasn't our channel. Yeah, you know, yeah. we were doing it on yeah, on but another show. they weren't getting the bag either, which is they crazy. weren't they weren't operating it right, right? No, like, they weren't. Yeah. They really weren't taking advantage of it. There's someone reached out to me and was like, I'm making fifteen thousand a month, and I it, it made my jaw drop. I was like, Are you serious? Like, I'm over here worried about losing my radio job. Like, right. I never made that much in radio. So how break it down? How would how would that work like show tell me the pathway to okay making, so and making from, a, it doesn't have to be 15 grand a month so just making something substantial where you're like all right well, i just paid my rent with this shit well the first know? the hardest part about it i but i i you know what i'll just say what the hardest part about it i think is going through the first you have to like reach certain goals before you can even like make any money or be a paid partner mm -hmm. so there is like this time you have to put in which is also the time that you're learning how the shit works and it's frustrating and, and maybe DJing for DJ. 50 people and you're like I'm 50 yeah, like that's good right four yeah, like yeah, yeah I mean yeah. 50 people is good actually right, right. when you could watch Quest Love right there in that moment like that's what yeah. you, that, yo you have to frame all these like I have to train my brain and frame all these things in different ways yeah like at a time and this was on Instagram like okay Quest Love has a thousand people watching him. I had maybe at a moment like a hundred on Instagram watching me like that's one tenth of Quest Love and mm -hmm. I'm definitely not one tenth of that man he is in right. the career. Uh, but with Twitch is like you just got to build that audience and for me if you have a small audience that's I mean I only know this because I I didn't pour gasoline on it which is on purpose mm -hmm. um, because I would be obsessive about it probably mm -hmm. and I don't want to do that because I and not to say that people aren't doing this on Twitch but like. I like this human shit. Like I like being out. I like yeah. human interaction. Yeah. I'm, you know, I have a focus now in like really trying to help people and, and, and so, but Twitch is dope, man. And just to jump right into it, you'd have to like 
put in this time and reach all these quotas like DJ once every day, an hour every day, or reach a certain amount of viewers at one moment. Oh, like, okay. Yeah. And then once you get past that, I guess you get to like another level and you have to keep kind of going up to paid partner. Like I was able to get paid partner in a good way uh, faster than yeah. normal. Right. So I got lucky, but um, then you can just start making money. So then they people will sub to your channel or they'll throw like biddies is what they call them, but mm -hmm. they just like throw cash at you like you're at the club or some shit. And uh, people are making money, man. And then you get the subscriptions every month. So, like, you get a good amount of people to subscribe. And yeah. like I'm saying, like, and you could do anything on there. Someone right. was twitching them, like, sleeping for, you know, all day and <laughs> uh -huh. video games. But, again, someone reached out to me, a home DJ homie. He's like, I'm making, like, 15 grand, man. He's like, I really think you should. So I called a couple homies myself to be like, look, if I don't tell you this, then I feel like I'm withholding information. Yeah. Because we're all struggling. Like, why wouldn't I right. share this information? So I called some homies and we're like, yo, you really should be, you're putting all this fucking work on Instagram. You're putting all this fucking work on some other shit and you're not getting a return. So I yeah. think that's the other important part is about that is if you're putting in the work anyway, you might as well get a return. So like I, I see friends and like, I think he'll twitch his, he twitches, you know, you guys know DJ Franzen? Mm -hmm. He's uh, Vegas Dre's, guy? Yeah, he's yeah. Uh, Vegas guy, Dre's, and he twitches his cl show, club show every From night. the club. Yeah, from the club. Mm -hmm. and I've never watched that, but... I'm sure people are like subbing and getting all that, and so that I'd like becomes, to check yeah, that out. Right. Actually, and that it's it's cool. a different world. Like you have yeah. to also understand, it's a, there's people out there who don't want to go to the club, and right. then now moving forward, definitely don't want to go to the club. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, and people who may not be brave at the club. So you know, keyboard warriors are out there, and right. they, they they do well, and and I think it's a place for them to mix. So like, there's definitely huge music nerds and shit that I want to hear, and you can play anything you want to. Right. That's at, the thing. Right. Yeah. When I first started, like I worried too much about being cool and try, but that's like because. That's what we do as DJs. We want to mm. approach it in a way. But right. the best thing that I've been doing on there is just being myself and like help really helping people and like sharing. Like, you know, I'm a share my light type dude. So I've been doing that a lot on that Twitch more than Tri the music. Doing what? Like sharing like oh, okay. messages about love. And oh, okay. okay, okay yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, that's been like kind of my vibe on mm -hmm. there and with music and telling stories and shit. Because guess yeah. what? Like they can hear any fucking song they right, want to. Right, right, you know right. I mean? right. So, they can hear me in the club play Tyga. Like, I'm a, whatever. I want to try, you know, play some shit, not feel any constraints. And uh, it's in this moment of DJing for me, it's like, I love the music, obviously, but like, the, it's now just the vehicle. Like, mm -hmm. I used to be real passionate, listening to music all the time. And, yeah. But now I'm like, it's just the vehicle now to connect and to get these opportunities. And, you know, when you do these big corporate gigs or anything, like, being tasteful, you're, we're always going to be tasteful if you're from Philly. Mm. Um, you know what I mean if you're approaching that so beyond that it's like how can I exist without holding on to the shit that I was like because I think that in this moment as as I'm like transforming as a DJ is like I can't keep holding on to the same shit forever mm. and so I'm trying to find ways to like empower like this podcast man there's people who don't know who I am listening to me yeah. and you guys are empowering people like me and young DJs or whatever right. and I think that's the role that I like is now um, I'm being able to, I'm working with the Minnesota Twins right now and booking DJs and being um, inclusive about it. Women, mm -hmm. LGBTQ friendly, black, white, and uh, just man, it feels so good. I'll be probably I'm going to be working for kind of an announcement. There's a dispensary in Vegas called Hardeen, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm going to be working for them and working in their. Uh, with influencers and shit. Mm -hmm. So like, if y'all ever come to Vegas, 
You come sure. to Hardeen, you can DJ at the dispensary, we'll give you some weed. And it's weird. Up. So when I when I look at that, when I look feel that way, it's like I'll DJ for a week. It would be nice. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. It would be nice to like DJ Thursday, Friday, Saturday night. Of course. Yeah. If that's the hustle, it is what it is. But I want to get to a point where I don't have to. Yeah. Uh, exactly. And exactly, so if I can right. like support uh, other DJs and like get a different experience and DJ like even if I'm playing like the same feeling for playing in the basement or playing for like concerts it's the same feeling right mm -hmm. yeah. it's fucking great and it feels so good obviously with big numbers right it's amazing you know but it's the same feeling generally mm -hmm. right like, yeah I killed it for I made these group of people happy right right, yeah. right. and 30,000 people but each one is memorable so that's why I'm like my mind frame is how can I get a different experience like having the Drake parties and you're just creating something different that now you control. And I think there's still a lot of DJs that like, it's hard to pivot from that. You know? Yeah. God, if you can do, I feel like the thing with Twitch that sounds appealing to me is that you can be yourself. And I feel like if you are playing stuff that you truly want to hear, that energy will transfer through. Mike, you know? with you, man, there's like things that you've been doing on your Instagram story for years now uh -huh. that I think like if you just... You're not not in DJ mix show kind of way, but just right. did the same kind of like thing. Like you were saying, on talk Twitch. about records. I mean, you could just yeah. record this I feel like you video. Would get a big right. audience to to check that out. Yeah, just, just record this video and, and fucking and play. Hey, we're live, and then the replay values there, obviously. Yeah. And mm. it's just adding. It's Man, dude, just the people are killing it on there. Say. You know, like four color Zach and yeah. Well, like, see, that's someone who who like naturally he's he's gonna right. kill it on yeah. there. That's but like, like his that's his medium. You know, totally. I mean, I called Zach up to get advice about twitch from like you know and just like asking a bunch of questions and stuff and he did seem kind of exhausted at the time too this is like during the uh, pandemic but mm -hmm. like i mean you gotta like that's a lot of you work. gotta yeah. put a lot for what of he does it. it's like a one-man show yeah but you can do anything man honestly like mm -hmm. if i was like you could do anything on that channel like if you were like love dogs you do dog shit whatever like you yeah. just that's just a good way i mean now that the world open close open close right now it might I just started twitching again for the last few days like that I haven't in like four months and this approach is I'm not even touching my laptop and yeah. I'm going through these crates of records and it's right. just like people are like this is amazing and yeah, I'm like yeah. this is fucking amazing <laughs> like I didn't know I had this look at this sample holy shit right. look at this b-side right. like we're listening to like um I was playing all versions of Miss Dynamite. Do you remember that song, Miss Dynamite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a oh, Swiss yeah. Beats version, a regular a Remy Salam version, and then a uh, Psycho Less version, or maybe. And yeah. I was like, let's hear them all. Which guys right. do you like the yeah, most? That's funny because you know? what he's talking about, I, when I went through the same process a few years ago, every time I would stop out at my mom's, I got stacks of records in the garage. And right. she's like, can you start like maybe yep. getting them out of here? My mom's and, I, <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, okay. I mean, I'm not really trying to have all these in my like, apartment but i'll grab some and so what i started i do have some room so i would grab a box and then i would take it and then i would go on my ig story and start going through it and be like oh shit look right. at this so an extended version of that that yeah that's that fine you get paid right. eventually and you know people know who you are man they'll be happy to support you that's the other part of it is um yeah a lot of people like, who are maybe too old to go out now but no but still are interested in what you do speaking of that i always think that like i guess they call it happy hour but at some point, I would be the king of DJing from like six to ten, you know, and <laughs> seriously, and having a peak hour at ten. Yeah. I don't want to be out with twenty-two year olds at fucking one a.m. Right. I mean, sometimes I do, right, right, but right. 
Like, man, I would be the king of six to ten if I was just like, listen, my shit is six to ten. I'm trying to be watching Netflix <laughs> yeah. by eleven. Go ahead, play all the hot records. From well, 9 that's to 10. what um <laughs> when we had the restrictions, limited opening, and like last call was at eleven citywide. Oh, that's gotta be yeah. so weird. And yeah. we would go in at like seven, do like seven to eleven or something like that. And it was it was weird because you're like, okay, I guess peak time is ten. But people come out for it because yeah. people were there, they were having a good time. But yeah, you get done at eleven. Man, Back in bed by midnight, wake double up. Double money, man. Like, mm-hmm. that's too. If you created that sort of like, I'm sure it exists somewhere, but like, if you created that excitement for it, like, yo, put me on at nine. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll make that money somehow. Like, put me on at nine. So, you went out to, uh, you went, where'd you go to college at? In Pittsburgh? Pitt, Pitt, yeah, yep. you went to Pitt. Yeah, right. Yeah. So, that's kind of where the whiz connection comes in. Yeah. Guess, right? um, man, it was such a blessing to be in Pittsburgh because, like, you know, it was a small enough city to, uh, like navigate yeah so yeah. there was a lot of philly kids yeah. out there i've never been to pittsburgh what yeah. dude yeah. your whole life no one uh-huh, no one ever brought you out there uh-huh. with those tuesdays that's what's weird right fucking um what's my guys out there's names well, they live in New York now. App One and shit. They're oh right, yeah. yeah well, they, they live here. No, yeah, oh, that's yeah, right. yeah. They never brought you out there. Or some shit no, like they that. were all here. They were doing that's shit true. here. That's true. Uh, man, we got to bring you out to Pittsburgh, oh, man. Dude, There's a lot of people who like we're doing like holotronics and shit, right? Like, you know, Nugget. And there's a lot of people that. Really, Was it Zimmy? Zimmy? Zimmy from, yeah, Zimmy's from yeah he hit Digital me up Dave. after I did the road. He was like, "Oh yeah, we were we were definitely on your vibe and shit back back in Pittsburgh and stuff." Totally. Yeah, yeah so I went to Pitt. And my freshman year, that's when I like to learn to discover how to DJ. I applied for the radio station the second semester, and DJ Digital Dave, you guys may have heard of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll play some edits. He interviewed me for that. Okay. So he was like the older guy. He was a program director at the time, and he interviewed me for that. And, um, you know, hey, tell me about yourself, blah, blah, blah. And then I remember him calling me and being like, hey, Brandon, we just don't think you have enough experience to work at the radio station. Uh-huh. Was, that was like my little Michael Jordan and fucking make his high school basketball team moment right. I was like <laughs> rapping him and the next year I was program director nice and then the next year I was station manager and I like ran that shit that's where I got all the free records and all that shit yeah. but, right so this was, was for Pitt station yeah this is okay. Pitt WPTS which had some legendary people like really come out of that man mm-hmm. um What's funny is, too, during those times was, like, my sway in tech days. Like, I, when I started DJing, I was, like... This is late 90s? I was like, yeah, I was, yeah, like, about fuck commercial anything. shit. Yeah, yeah, You know what course. I'm saying? We all were, yeah. Like, I'll be honest, like, I wasn't even really into, like, the dip set and all that shit. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like, obviously bangers i knew the albums but right. like even like jay-z money cash hoes when he dropped it I was no, like, no 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 i was, I was right like fuck there that with you, man. man i was like that song and I, roots, I, I roots. like that because i was like yo this beat is weird but that was because like my neighborhood friends brought it around me i right. wasn't checking i mean it was it. undeniable yeah. but right. i thought i was underground and like and nah, i and we, i was were, i guess man. but I, I was all about that yeah. roots and native tongue shit and yeah. all that fondle like, i was a huge roots records and yeah all that rockish shout out to mighty mind we all come from that yeah we all were there yeah um, so I DJ that and then I like was DJing house parties and then I interned with WAMO out there, which was like, uh, the first urban radio station ever. Okay. Actually. And, uh, you know, I had learned some lessons there. I met some key people and then fast forward, like just DJing in the clubs and I started working for a radio station. I remember when I got hired at the radio station, there was no YouTube yet. And they were like, we saw this video of you on the internet. And like, mm. that was pretty cutting edge. Yeah. Even yeah. The time you were even on the internet. Right. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we like what you have. And so they hired me and then I went through some things, but became night show afternoons. And then I was, you know, at 2010, like I was DJing all over the place, 2010, 
uh, Wiz was like kind of popping off. I was always helping Wiz. So I had met Wiz before, but he didn't officially ask me to be his DJ in 2010. At the same time, I won the Rebel 3 style in Pittsburgh. Okay. So it was like a real moment yeah. for me. Yeah. And then Wiz, imagine dropping black and yellow and then the Steelers go to the Super Bowl and then mm. Mac Miller and the Penguins, you know, so... I definitely, by the end of my Pittsburgh run, have fallen in love with Pittsburgh, man. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Phil. Treat like, you I well. Treat like, you well. I mean, it both, I live in both places equally at this point. So mm -hmm. when I was 18, I left, and then 18 till I was like 30-something, I right. lived in Pittsburgh. But imagine, you know, like Deeply connected with like the biggest musical movements to come out of that city, too. So Yeah, totally. And, and then I was DJing for like, I DJed Big Ben... Uh, like Big Ben's, like a little house parties and shit. All right. And for Heinz Ward, and and I was teaching for the Steelers, and I did the Penguins like parade, like when they won the Stanley yeah, Cup. So yeah. I was in there, man. You know, when you see checks that have the Penguins logo on it, yeah. I was like, yo, that's good. Shout out to Reed Streets, though, right? You guys know Reed. He's the flyer. Yeah, he's the flyer. Yeah, yeah. Which is crazy. Uh -huh. I'll say this. I don't say this often. Is that um I. I linked him up with that shit, which is awesome. okay. Yeah, which is dope. dope like, dope. and I'm happy it worked out because it was just he's a DJ. For it, yeah. uh, they were like, we're looking for a DJ, and then for him, I think he's now like the music director. Yeah, yeah, yeah he goes hard, which man. He does, awesome. a, he does a good job with yeah. that stuff. Yeah, for um, sure. Yeah, the Penguins guy called me. He's like, do you know anyone in Philly? And I was like, fucking Reed Streets. Like, who else would be for that kind of technical yeah, like, kind of thing? Yeah, just yeah. like you know, he's on that rock yeah. station already. Uh huh. Um, the I Heart one and. You know, he's he's badass. And he was in... So the second time I won the Red Bull 3 style in Pittsburgh, um, Reed Streets was the guy who won in Philly. So we battled in Arizona, and he ended up getting second place in, like, Reed Streets, man. Nice, nice. Yeah. Yeah, I remember... Uh he battled at the... Uh, when we, They did it at Voyeur, actually. They had the 3 style there. Yep, yep. And uh, is that still jumping like that, the 3 style? They still doing all that stuff? I guess COVID uh, I think, fucked yeah, up. I think it was online, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, I think it was, it was online, online right. recently. But you that was kind of like the height of it around 2010, I think. And when did Zach do it? Like 2011, 2012 was yeah, when he, so the first he year, really like set the tone. He kind of set the tone right. for like what it is now, yeah, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, he was like the Q-Bird of freestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Q-Bird yeah. though, you know. Sensitive, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I just like yesterday I unfollowed like another '90s rapper. I was like, I don't like where this is going. Let me preserve the memory. <laughs> so right, unfollow right. you now, and I can just remember your music for, for what it was. But um, it was there all along. His name is Qbert, <laughs> as in QAnon Bert. Right, it's right. crazy too because I looked up to him so. Well, the much, thing you know. is, is like. I think it's what we were. We all come from that like '90s backpack era, and we were all into like behold a pale horse and conspiracies and shit like that. And some dudes just never grew out of it, and they continued down that lane where we just kind of. Which kind of leads me to my next question to you is like, what was your shift from going from underground hip hop dude DJ to radio, and when did you start either being like I have to start playing other stuff, or I want to play other stuff, or what was, how did that happen for you? Because I know how it happened to me. I just kind of generally started realizing like the Neptunes and Timberland were dope. Right. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of, I have like, I have an answer to that when I when someone asked me that. It's like, when you learn to control like a party. Honestly, right. When you learn that you can control like yeah. the mood of the room. Yeah. Like, and you have that power. I think that's really like what it was. Like, oh shit, if I play these songs, I can still be tasteful about it. Yeah. I can still throw in a curveball. Right. Um, and... 
what you had in your record collection is what you had. So when you did have a curveball that people you were throwing at people that other people weren't doing at all and shit, like you were, de you definitely stood out. Like mm -hmm. I'll be honest, like of course I play a lot of the same bangers, but like it's because you have access to everything and you know what works, it works. But then like they knew too that what you had was limited, so they didn't have any expectations. The audience didn't have any expectations because they didn't have more songs in their pocket. Than right, you. right. So they're right. just like happy to hear that you were throwing all this shit that like they couldn't buy. Mm. Basically, if right. you didn't buy it, then you had to guess it was going to play on the radio. There was no other way unless you like went to the library. Right. I think it was just that I, I was DJing frat parties, and so like right, 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 right. At that point, it was fun, and music wasn't that annoying, I guess. But I was still yeah, kind of like yeah. fuck ja rule, like or whatever. But then eventually, <laughs> you're just like. All right. Yeah, I kind of realized it too, like from a cultural perspective, where it's like, is it really hip hop if no one cares about it but you? Or, you know, I mean, like, isn't hip hop about the community and the streets and like what people in the city are doing and into? You know, right. like, doesn't well, it change? Like, who am I to tell someone what is real hip hop? You right. know, well, that's how I feel about headlines these days is like, hip hop rapper says something offensive. You know, you're like, right, oh. right. Yeah, that's kind uh, of always. You know, been I remember there. when I heard Snoop Dogg say, Oh man, when I was young, the first time I heard it, he said, "Which a wrinkle pussy, I can be a lover," and I was just like, "Dude, I'll, I'll <laughs> like never." My mind yeah. blew. It was like, so you're like a few years younger than me, but I remember this. If anyone, it was uh, MC Ren had a solo album from NWA, and he has a song called "Behind the Scenes," mm. and I will just say, go and listen to that song. It was the first time I remember being wrapped up in a story hip hop wise was KRS One Love's Gonna Get You, where I'm just like listening to the story about him being a drug dealer and the right, rob right, robs right, him right, and all. Right. I was like, wow. I got just as wrapped up, but as as wrapped up as I was in the song, I was disturbed mm. by what he was saying. So I don't know. I'm not gonna quote the song, but go listen to MC Ren behind the scenes. It is a doozy. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. But it. yeah, but uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I know what you're saying, man. Um, yeah, I heard totally different worlds listening to hip hop. Like, yeah, like, okay. it's it's funny because in the '90s, rappers would get in trouble for saying shit, but it came from this like. Uh, puritanical Christian conservative place <laughs> and now it comes from a more left area but the idea is wow. still the same right it's still yeah. like because right. I like my mom mm. did not wow that's 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 interesting to yeah. think about because that the roles have been well, reversed. Well, yeah, right? that Christian yeah. mentality is definitely like was right. Yeah, and then now they don't want it being said, but for different wow. reasons, right? And wow. I kind of realized this about my own come up was my mom. Like she knew I was gonna listen to whatever I wanted, but she she saw something about NWA on Oprah one time, and she was like, "I don't want you listening to NWA." Now, obviously, I just told you how I listened to MC Ren song; it was the most right, disturbing right. thing I ever heard in my life. Sorry, but Mom. I realized he looking back as a kid, I always thought it was coming from a, like just like a mom being a mom thing. But what I realize now is she did not want me hearing those misogynistic things. She was like a feminist, you know? I interpreted it as coming from this, my uh, mom is just being like old head mom. Right, 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 but right. look, now that I'm older, because you always say like, I don't like that they call women bitches. I don't like that they talk about this. And now going back and listen to it, it's horrifying what right. they say. I mean, I don't know if I sound old, but I feel, I wish that they would rewrite or not rewrite. I wish they would re-record yeah, clean versions. Yeah. I mean, if you, I think like every Cash Money record that I've ever heard uh, in that or early era, or whatever, I, I started noticing on every record like they recorded 
different versions. Yeah. For the back of that thing up. Right, you know right, what I'm saying? Right, right. Like every song. Okay, side Because I have a lot of clean that. versions of that shit for radio, and I'm like, holy shit, they're putting uh, the work. Yeah, quick quick sidebar for that. Yeah. I always play the unedited version of Back That Ass Up. Sometimes I feel like I shouldn't. Because everyone, the memes always talk about when he says cash money records for the yeah, nine right, right. nine, and the the the, the the album version doesn't have that on it. Oh, I see. So I, if I, people I, know it from the radio and from that version, should that be the version we should try right. out? Or should or we mash it up? Should we put the beginning yeah, but then go in? Yeah. yeah. Let me know if you make it because I yeah. did. I did realize that the other day. Yeah, that's when something I've been thinking about for like seven years and haven't done. <laughs> so. <laughs> Do it. Someone's yeah. gonna do it. It Someone definitely it. will take five seconds. Right? You just <laughs> no, paste totally, the first four totally. bars on, and that's it. <laughs> you should have done this seven years ago. But yeah, it's it's funny how the um, so like, what <laughs> put I was it saying, on wax, right? No. <laughs> so yeah, so I kind of look back now, and my mom was actually being pro- so the censorship is there, but it's just coming from one's coming from a progressive yeah. like, vocal point, and the other's coming from a conservative voice. But the censor, the angle of censorship is still there, so it's right. like yo. No, if you I don't like bad. it, don't listen to it. I was yeah. telling someone I play, I like prefer to play um, Living My Best Life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You back and forth. Because like, I don't really want to set any white people up to sing that shit. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Man, what was the song I used to... There's a song I don't play. Oh. Because it's easier when you don't necessarily like the song that much. But the, the Chris Brown Little Dicky song, it's like, know. what up, yeah. man? Yeah, I don't what up, play. Yeah, I'm no, like, no, and no. like, we may, we only a, white people like that song, really, yeah. too. So it's like, when you're, I was like, I can't, I'm not playing this. We took that song. part out uh, on my radio station. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I made an edit because I just didn't sit well with me. No, yeah. no, no, yeah. Uh, what about, so you linked up with Wiz in college, and then how, yeah. how, how that whole shit So um, basically, 2000, like, my boy Edan, who just released a project, which mm-hmm. you guys should check out. Uh, Edan, um, was he, he now, was he at Underground? No, that's a different no. Edan. Okay, so he goes okay, yeah. ID Labs. I guess I think he goes under on Spotify. He's like basically responsible for a lot of Mac and Wiz uh, recordings. Okay, and um, he, I was like his. He was like in a rap group called Strict Flow from mm. Pittsburgh, and um, I was just friends with him. And he had a studio, ID Labs, and then he said, "Hey, there's this." guy cameron who comes in after school with these kids and he's better than you know he's better than everyone else yeah and we're like thinking about helping him and then basically they build a little team around him and then uh i wasn't his dj till 2010 so he had a few uh djs including jasmine solano you guys know jasmine? Oh, I know yeah, jasmine. yeah. yeah. she yeah. dj'd for wiz for a little bit too okay and uh, i was after her and um I was like going through my shit at the. I was working. I had been seven years at the pop radio station, and that was like Jason Derulo, Pitbull, Britney. Right, right. And I was just like, man, like I, I think it was really like it was, affecting it was a, me kind of a little bit. It was bit. a vibe. Like that it was, was fun, but fun <laughs> yeah. music or whatever. But right. I was like, man, it's got to be more than this. And right, my Wait, which one? The one in here in Philly or no? Uh, oh, Kiss in Pittsburgh. Oh, in Pittsburgh. So. Yeah. um I just remember at the time being like, man, I remember getting in trouble for the, like, I didn't get along with the boss at the time. There was a lot of weird signs. And they asked me, they're like, look, Wiz got signed to Atlantic. No one knows yet. He wrote a song called Black and Yellow. We're going to do our first 30 date tour bus tour in the fall. And I had like a full-time job. I was number one in the afternoons, benefits. Like I was mm-hmm. DJing six fucking nights a week. It yeah. was like a good time for right. me. But, uh. I remember having conversations with myself when they asked me. I was like, this is it. Like, risk big, reward big, as my right. sister said. But you had no I guarantee could, that he was no, going to go I mean, on to be yeah, the, like, yeah, When they the, first the, played me Black and Yellow, I was like, this is dope. Like, you know, I'm in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. 
but like was like is this the song that like yeah. lead off like yeah. with like I don't know. Well, did you know that it was produced by the Stargate dudes? No, I mean I guess not at the time. No, I, I didn't know that until after the fact either. But if that's happening, it's yeah. probably going to be a hit, right? right? Yeah. I mean they did a, they did a lot of big hits. But right. Imagine that song comes out and the Steelers go to Super Bowl that right, year. Right. They didn't win, unfortunately, but. That was crazy. And mm-hmm. so my first tour, we had like 15 people on like a bus. And now we would never do that. But like then we were like, yeah. So right. definitely was just like some wild ass shit I yeah. seen. And it was like really the turn of rap. Like that whole freshman um, freshman 10 there. I think it was like Dad Kendrick Piff. and J. It was Cole. the Dad Piff era. Yeah. yeah, it was like that. You know, it was like just transformed right there. And Wiz was actually like... I mean, a lot of these dudes now, like, were Wiz, Wiz was their favorite rapper, you know. But it's true. They won't yeah. admit it because. Uzi. When I, when I was working with Uzi when he was younger and he was just on some being honest shit, like, Wiz was his favorite rapper. Yeah. I mean, like, but I now. Think, like, they're kids his peers. age, Wiz was their favorite rapper, yep. you know. I mean, he was showing weed, I think, again, in videos and shit that people weren't doing and. The snapbacks and all that shit. Yeah, you know, he tattoos was, and all yeah, that shit. Tattoos, yeah. and then he—he's a dude that he's like, a lifestyle rapper, right? Like that, like that's what I—I yeah. I consider. There's always been life, like black culture. Moon. I say like a culture, Cult, rapper. Yeah, 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 but yeah. but their 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 vibe is bigger almost than the music. Like it's just like we embrace a certain lifestyle. Right. Like right. Black Moon, I always think of one. You know what I mean? Like right. the the beats, the look. You know. Baggy black scenes, knapsack, and you're like you're rapping about your whole thing, and right. I feel like he's the same way because he's got hits, but I feel like he's bigger than his hits, you know? Right? Like he he's getting he gets shows and festivals, and people probably don't care about the hits as much as his jam, his joints, right? I, mean, I don't know, you would know. <laughs> I mean, I think it was like you guys in the hollerboard though, like he he was just like. You know, Soldier Boy might have been there first, but like Wiz was like perfected in a way that kept people wanting to come mm, back. Yeah. He changed how people smoke blunts to papers. Like, right, you right. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah. Um, also, his mixtapes were classic. Yeah, his mixtapes were amazing. And that one necessarily wasn't my era. So it really helped me like be a part of that uh-huh. uh, and like pay attention to that shit. Because even when Mac Miller was out, like people still didn't want to give him his respect because he was a white rapper. Basically. Right, right. Um, but yeah, I, I took that chance. I said, "Yup." I remember I was sitting in the studio at Kiss, and it was like nostalgic, and I like cried about it because mm. I was like, "Man, I got to quit this. This is like a safe bet." I'm, right. But it was iHeartRadio event. It came iHeartRadio eventually, and I just think that like I took a risk. And I, after I toured with Wiz, I mean, I, the next year was like incredible. Like MTV, Letter, uh, Letterman. Um, all the late night shows and like traveled around Europe and speaking like, of man, I got to give you your props because you don't just DJ. You're like part of the band. Like you're you do so many vocals and ad libs yeah, and like yeah, yeah. synced up things with him that it's just like um, I don't know, man. I, I've just seen you perform in that capacity on like award shows and yeah, stuff like that yeah. and on like. Late Thank night you. shows and and that's that's some fucking work. That yeah, shit. People are always like, you be singing up there and shit. Yo, for but, real, bro. <laughs> but it's cool. I do like someone we were talking about. Uh, there was a Twitter talk the other day, and um, someone was like just giving me some props about uh, Wally Sparks. Was like, man, learn it from Bonix. I was like, whatever. I was like, I just do what. I saw in the '90s and what I would want for myself. Like, yeah. and that, that's kind of like I don't think I don't. That's also, I think years of being on the radio has just right polished you and just being like right. naturally performing whether you're even paying attention totally like, totally like you yeah. per- it goes beyond a lot of like 
DJs I see on TV. With yeah, well, we were talking about that last week with the Locks Dipset thing. Did you watch that? Yeah. And yeah. like the Locks' DJ just led the way. I yeah. feel like they and they followed his lead, and that's why. We, it was do we know his big, name? Because yeah, we've technique, said uh, technique. Yeah, yeah. technique. Now is DJ. that like tech? I feel like technique is not. Uh, there's not only one. No, right? no, no. This guy, I think he might be like Jamaican or something, but he's from New York. But he's, he's older, right? Probably. I think so. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean, that shit was so awesome to see, and it really, it. I think it was a good. That was a good moment in hip hop, right there. Yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Yeah, yeah. I was like, man, people saw like mm, how kids important are thinking it, it now because of that shit. Mm -hmm. You know, and yeah, that's, and that's good to know that like obviously you're incorporating that too. I mean, a lot of times, man, I recognize I'm not the show. Right. I mean, I am not the show. I'll be honest. Like touring with Wiz helped me be that I could still be a a guy that's not the guy, because I think as I see a lot of DJs progress and, you know, some DJs get really sort of like, they're the star and like, uh, you know, I could, I do whatever I want, right. which is like, cool, whatever. But being with Wiz helped me not, you know, feel that way. Like I could be, and, and for me, my approach for the show is like, he's the star. Like, I know I could add all these bells and fucking whistles, but like, just get the show and get it done. I don't want to, I try not to overthink it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but have, I add, you know, I add fun and little flavor to the show. Yeah, you guys are on point. Have uh, Have you been doing a lot of shows since the world's back? Or? Dude, crazy! The best show that we came back to is that we performed at the Mike Tyson pay per view. Show. Okay, and so that oh, was when cool. he just fought. Yeah. Okay. So, but unfortunately, because of COVID, we had to tape it the day before. Oh, all right. You know, we got to still go into the uh, Coliseum or no, the Staples Center. And when people watched the fight, we 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 were on pretty early though, um, because he was smoking weed probably mm. and shit. But it was cool. That was a cool moment to be back in that capacity. And then we did a couple like we filmed a couple virtual shows for some festivals and a college, so that was kind of weird. But yeah, cool. yeah. But now we're doing shows and one offs. We got a Red Rocks performance coming up. Uh -huh. Oh, cool. Oh, um, nice. What's that one festival in Delaware? Firefly. Right. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we're gonna. God, wait. That. So what's a what's a Wiz Khalifa concert in Colorado like? <laughs> Place where all the citizens make money off of weed. Right. Um, funny story is, and I, I we haven't been in Colorado, but Red Rocks is crazy. Like right. people yeah. go crazy. But like somewhere in the Bay, we always get excited. We're like, yeah. yeah we can't wait big stone. weed place yeah big yeah. weed place but when we get there and we perform sometimes the crowds uh are stoned like, they're so really <laughs> high you know so you're like yeah you know and they're just like yeah and then after the show they're like dude you guys killed it and i was like you should really, really <laughs> you look miserable. High as hell. uh but colorado's dope man because people are definitely free like free uh, with weed and like i was lucky to have twitter yeah. So or, or Facebook and be like, hey, I'm going to Australia, and the people are like, yo, brr, like here's all these people that you can right. link up with. And yeah, that's like, awesome, man. I miss that uh, social media wasn't quite what it was when I was doing most of my traveling. My my gram would have been popping. <laughs> right, right. That's true. Well, there's a whole like ten years of DJing that isn't on social media, literally. Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah, you know, like yeah. of all the shit I did, like uh -huh. in Pittsburgh, um, but. Whatever I know, I wish there was. It didn't there, really happen. Then, right? Save it for the book. It didn't have, Yeah, it's, yeah, right. it's good right. and bad to it. Like part of it is like, yeah, I'm glad I wasn't like being documented Man. 24 seven when I was 26, 27. You know, I can't imagine like. Remember what like spring break used to be for people? Yeah, they, yeah. They, they couldn't do that really anymore. Oh right? man, that's why I got so mad the other night. Like this girl was super drunk and she was like having a hard time standing up. And so, like, they walked her out of the club, and she's on the sidewalk, just like sitting there, all fucked up. And wow. everyone's 
recording her. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, yo, like, I've come on, man. Everyone and everyone has that night. You know what I mean? Everyone has that night where they, they're throwing up and they drank too much. And the part of nightlife, the beauty of nightlife is you can do that shit. It's your, it's your own secret little world that you can get away from mainstream society and be your weird self around other weirdos. And you're fucking and recording. Everybody wants to man. put you on World Star. Yeah, man. That culture, uh, that, that's the biggest generational divide for me, man, is... is Putting people on blast, like I just don't. Man, I wasn't raised on that themselves, way, man. You know? Yeah, on right. Yeah, exactly, man. It's people talk about don't snitching, and they record people doing crimes. You know, <laughs> how what part of the game is this? I don't. Oh, know. Man. It's uh, not uh, the different rules apply to. This is what I've been thinking about. The yeah. different different rules apply on the internet and then in real life, right? Yeah. And some people don't can't separate that. Joe memes, you know. Oh yeah, that's what makes me happy in this world. <laughs> Seriously, because people be posting shit, and I'll be like, "Yes, oh, I need man. to follow more shit like that and like unfollow." People. Yeah, yeah. Uh, cultivating your timeline has become yeah. really important, especially in this last year. Uh, kind of like what I was just saying with like the old '90s rappers and stuff like that. I'm like, I don't need to like follow someone just to show that I like their music at some time. What are you offering me now in terms of quality of internet experience? And or is it like an old man just bitching? Yeah, or just like, I can just mute you. I don't even have to unfollow you. You can just mute people if they're kind of annoying or if you don't want to hurt their feelings. It's not but, real. Uh, yeah, I saw that, you know, one movie on Netflix that was about like the internet, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, you yeah. Know, even The algorithms like, and shit. I don't really try to like a lot of shit because, I don't know, I, I feel like I don't get a lot of advertisements or like, I don't know, my... I try. Nah, I, don't. I think. I think if you scroll, like every third thing is an advertisement. I keep yeah. getting ads for clothes that I think look cool. Yeah. Oh man, they're <laughs> all they the time. Crazy, man. That's pretty much my entire timeline. That's fine, man. Keep yeah. reading my mind and yeah, give me the shit true. that I want. Yeah. I'll I'm be done. ordering it all. I'll yeah, they all get the me a lot of times, man. Uh, and but I'll then like, it'll be some cheap ass shit, and I'll be like, "That's why I didn't order. It. That's why I didn't want to get this." Yeah, shit. The, I'll be like sitting on some, like I finally bought the this thing. They've been trying to get me for two years, and they finally got me that the so right. Do you guys get ads for the so right? It's like a plastic thing that's supposed to loosen your psoas muscles. Oh, so what? Like, yeah, and like you lay on it. It's gonna happen See, now. This now is targeted. <laughs> yeah. Wow. But if this I get is that, targeted to me because wow. they know. I, I do Muay Thai, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm always looking at supplements and shit like that. So, yeah. like, they taught, oh, they no. found that. They know that about me, right? So, and I was like, it looked appealing. But I was like, there's got to be a cheaper way. Was it worth it? Nah. Yeah. Nah. Yeah, see? They nah. got me, though, too. I got, I got the, the gun. The massage uh, gun. Massage yeah, gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Massage I got a good, cheap one, There's good one, ones, though. though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think I didn't get, I didn't get the Theragun. I think I got the one that was, like, 150 bucks. Mike's, uh... Instagram ads is just like an exercise and it's like, let's see how much we can fuck with this guy. Yeah. Because he had like a whole big oh, phase. Dude, one day it was all struggle rappers, local struggle rappers oh from all over God. the country. And it was it was like, like okay. one came back the other day too. But it was always on Sunday and it happened like every Sunday for three weeks. I don't know what the, and then it would just stop the next day. But all day it was just like dudes like, yo, Hey yo, hey yo, and it would just—it's like a low-budget video, you know what I mean? Right. Rapping over it, and I'm just like, "Who are these guys?" I get the Clinton Sparks. Um, how do you get your song played in the industry? Ones. You see, you know? we all got different. We all got. Yeah. We all got our personal. <laughs> That's a funny thing too, right? Because when you were younger, there was a shared. When you talk about um, people arguing on the internet or people's own perception of reality, we all have our a different reality. 
to some degree. You know, like we just showed it here with our different ads. Like to me, everyone knows what the so oh, right is. Yo, you know, and they, you guys have no idea what it is. I just had to explain it to you. But in my world, how the fuck do you not know what a so right is? I've been getting ads for it for two years. I know? looked over the shoulder of this guy, like I, maybe I was waiting in line or something, and he was on his <laughs> Facebook or something, and the shit that was on his timeline was like, <laughs> like the only super right shit, you know, oh, right, and, and like right, shit right. that I never see on my timeline. Right, I guess. Right. And even looking at my dad's, he's in the military, so yeah, it's a lot of like patriotic shit. And right, I'm just like man, your experience is your whole exactly like that matrix is. So how can you? Right? Yeah, how can we even expect to be on the same page if we're not even living in the same world? You know, like yeah. this is the only this is the reality, and then virtual reality has become such a. Big but it's kind of true to what s social media should be. Your Facebook page should sort of be. A, reflection of your own interests sure, in sure. Right. Yeah. but when it's right. such like, a big you know, part of your regular to life a point, to, to a point to a point right. when it's such a big part of your regular life it just affects how we interact with each other because i'm leaving the house thinking one way and someone else is leaving the house thinking the other way and sure. if fed we're like gonna fed that message yeah too, and we're like, gonna yeah. interpret what we right. both see differently i'm also even like though it's the same thing thinking about something of just like posting cool shit not like arguing with people about politics and stuff so right. i was like kinda, true yeah true. i wasn't really you know what i mean right but, but it almost like it's inescapable almost right like i'll go like i don't i try and avoid that shit like anything and it's then, kind of a case-by-case -case basis like you just block individual people who sound like lunatics and like everything kind of straightens itself out but even like if you if just on a meme page yeah you know someone can just make a post about a covid meme and the comments just is going to be a war zone because you someone's going to say one thing like you just picture somebody like going yeah. <laughs> oh my god i got time today cuz right, right. <laughs> it's weird man and then there's another person I've actually, another person it's not real it's not real I, here's let's listen to this i muted jimmy rollins agree with everything he says but i could not resist going in the comments and seeing what all these white baseball dickhead followers got to say about a black dude posting about police brutality. Oh. And I, one day I just argued with all of them. Wow. I was like, I can't do this. It was like at the beginning, like around oh, the George man, Floyd shit. Yeah. And I was like, I have to unfollow a, one of my favorite baseball players because I can't stop defending them in the comments no. because today I got time. You know, it was like yeah. the pandemic. We all had way too much time. Yeah. And it was so frustrating to just read like these terrible arguments. Uh, but yeah, that's feel, my that's my issue. I mean, I feel like it may not feel like it's that serious, mm -hmm. um, you know, because it's just the internet and there's obviously fun shit on it and people may approach it that way. But like, since it's an everyday tool for people, nah, I, mean, it's, I noticed it's that I was like getting life. depressed yeah. when I was like on Facebook too long. Or yeah. Whatever. yeah, I deleted my Facebook. Back, I deactivated. I was my like, Ugh, like, man, why am I comparing myself to all these motherfuckers or some shit? Like, it just fucked with me, and yeah. I had to like consciously take myself away from that. Because yeah, you have to. Uh, yeah. But it's like it's just an extra extension of life that you have to be like. There's good things to it, it and there's bad things. Like there. you can't, yeah. It's hard. Pretty to remarkable though that you found all these people that were experts on vaccines that also are experts on Afghanistan. <laughs> right. <laughs> I, I, that's pretty. Right. That's amazing. Try it. Oh, I man. used to like listen to the news every day, like NPR in the no. morning, blah, blah. Like, nope. Now I'm like, nope. nope. I was in the doctor's office the other day. They had action news on. I was like, no wonder people are f insane. 
You know, like fear it was porn, just like, man. Fear yeah. porn. Yeah, like, it was just CNN, like oh, all that shit. Is fear porn. Spreading, blah, blah, and it, it, oh, okay, we're back in the disaster movie now. If you turn the news on, we're back in the disaster movie part of the pandemic. Like, don't let the internet on, tell you yeah. it's not. That doesn't fine. mean that you shouldn't stay aware, but like, right. don't focus on that. Bro. Right. People right. are people who are even like crazy about either side of it. Uh huh. Um, you're de- they're definitely ingesting messages of like. They're putting themselves in front of those messages constantly. Right. And that's like what I started to realize was we're all being propagandized. It's just by different outlets. It's just like the algorithm. Like we're all being targeted to feed off of what they know we're already interested in. And the right. news operates the same way. It's like right. we know you lean this way, so we're going to pile it on, man. I mean, and by the time you get done with our show, you're going to be even more that direction. Right. Totally. Know? I mean, yeah. what's the worst thing that the, could happen to the news is no news. You know what right. I mean? So right. like that's never going to happen. Yeah. And that's <laughs> obviously we're seeing like Trump's gone and they're like, what the fuck do we talk about now? scary yeah it's and but like you said like especially the older people that's their main that's still their main source of info they're not on like they don't know like the kyle kolinsky's and shit crystal balls of like more independent news journalism that's that's going to give you a more like critical side like uh nonpartisan side of information but that's what i do i just try and find like a few people that i like and that's how i get my news you know but uh i i was started going down like a left wormhole and i started being like yeah you're full of shit too you know some answer somewhere in the middle. Right, right. Yeah, say. both people are right have, are right about things. Both people are wrong about things. But I don't know. What else we got to talk about? I feel like we, we covered a lot. It's, it's opened up the universe. Yeah. <laughs> anything else? <laughs> anything, what do you got? So what's coming up? Okay, so... What's um, popping? I'm uh, taking this job in Vegas. Right. With this uh, weed company, which uh, I'll be helping run the like, ambassador program and... Uh, amazing opportunity because like I was saying before um, to explore using my DJ skills but like in a different way you know giving myself an opportunity to do something like a marketing job or something that I could help other people and like I don't know we're creatives man Mm -hmm. we could probably run a whole types of shit but this is just the this is the dawn though it's perfect time to just like be connected to a new weed brand yeah totally I mean the weed industry's not um shrinking Uh, Ardeen's an awesome like I would I would call it a boutique dispensary Mm -hmm. and um they they're really conscious. Like recently they did a program where they took a day's worth of sales and they donated it to help uh, people who've been convicted of weed charges. Obviously okay. because, yeah. you know, they're getting like 15 years of in right. jail like 20 years ago. Or right, like right. Years. Well, I guess it'd be out by the time this case. But, uh, you know, that sucks. So it's cool. It's not just like, a, hey, weed. Right. It's like yeah, cool it's and conscious. It's sexy. It. They make it mm-hmm. sexy too as well. And, um, man, to be able to open up networks to just like have you guys come out to Vegas. And oh, man. I'm, I'm hoping I could, like, uh, it's been like I, two years since I've been to Vegas yeah. now. I have a residency at Dre's. Nice. Um, which is cool. Once uh-huh. a month. Yeah. Um, and then Wiz has a residency. So we do that every month. But you just do like a show monthly? Yeah. Nice. That's yeah, great. So man. that's cool. I mean, you know, DJing. DJing, trying to DJ when I want to. Yeah. But yeah. I'm excited about DJing. Like, I get excited about it. Like, I don't mind doing. People are like, oh, you're doing five hours of house? And I was like, yeah, I'm up for the challenge. So right, to, right. Yeah, like, why not? Yeah, you, know you, you held down the, the main room yeah. Saturday night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was it was cool. And it's like, why not be up for the challenge? I'm going to say, man, there's not too many rooms in this in the city where you can play up-tempo for that long, you know? 
it's cool. I don't I know. Mean, is Vegas, Vegas isn't like that anymore, right? They're playing hip hop. Yeah, and there's shit, a lot right? of hip hop there, yeah. which is good to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when it was like super tight. Oh, when it was no hip hop, no hip hop, yeah. man. Shout out to Mighty Mai. <laughs> Milo he, was he? He he shut that down or something? No, or? He, no, he uh, just. I saw him last time. He was DJing at Hardeen, actually. Okay. And he's holding it down, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Damn, yeah, Mighty Mai. He's got good Philly ties and Vegas ties, right? Yeah. He's holding Wild, it down I both mean, places. It's fun knowing that that guy DJs like big Vegas things, you know? Yeah, like, and he was Eastern Conference. Yeah, Eastern Conference All Stars. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> We it's all. Cool. I, I just feel like everyone comes from that. From like Kanye to Diplo, like to Drake, like everyone comes from this like '90s backpacker uh, aesthetic, of, you know. And then we all just branched. We grew in our own way, right. but that was all like the epicenter of everything at one point. It's a. It's, uh, it's smaller than you think. Yeah. Um, but it also is like cool era to come out in, and and all of you guys just accomplishing DJ shit. I, you know, I say this about DJing because some people take it more seriously than others but like my approach is if they wrote a book about if they wrote a book about Philadelphia DJs mm. like what would your part be in it right right and yeah. you all have whole you're writing yours we're also writing it yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying I, I, I think that's the approach for me is like whatever if you were like a mobile DJ you're a mobile yeah, DJ yeah. like cool like but culture man added, what you did want you to be mentioned to the in the, in the, yeah, in the yeah, story yeah, mentioned mm-hmm. so I think that's imp- that that should be how people, I feel like, approach it. I mean, some people want the money and, the, and have a good time, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I like that idea of that I contributed to if they wrote a book about it. Like, right. No, that's, right, a, right. that's a perfect way to put it. Because I, I feel like when I started DJing or when we all started getting into hip-hop, you would hear, like, old heads tell stories of other DJs. And you'd be like, I want to be mentioned in that story totally. at some point. Right. You know, like that, like the way right. you looked up to people, you want to be able to, to, you want them to be like, to co-sign you and then for you to be able to be right. talked about in the same circles. Not even on some ego sit, but just in like, yo, I contributed. Like, I didn't just take, but right. I also gave. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I mean, I, and I'm, nothing is above me in that way mm-hmm. as far as DJing. Like, I know there's a lot of, dudes who came from where we came from but you can only see them top shelf yeah you know um i still like doing everything so right i'm excited about djing and it's fun now that we lost a year of it yeah yeah i don't mind djing five hours like you djing that for that money i'm like yeah (laughs) right hey man it's better than no money i mean what else am i doing right right right. you know if i want to chill then i won't have this conversation Right. <laughs> right. Right. Like you were saying, it's a perfect time. Like I'm accepting a full time job that's not radio. And I haven't done okay. that yeah. since two thousand five. Right. Cause you were doing it in Philly too for a little yeah, bit, right? Uh, yeah. Philly, yeah. So I was in Minneapolis before this, which was like an amazing experience mm. to I was on the radio when George Floyd and all that happens. So yeah. Oh, in yeah, we, in we were able to put people on the radio and put their voices on. It was like super powerful. Damn. That, that city's amazing, man. Uh-huh. Like really great dudes out there hella dope djs my 2600 amazing out there. tradition out there man uh yeah um and so before that i was in portland for a short stint i moved around a lot doing the radio shit so i mean radio is kind of a 
unstable world, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. Like, so, yeah. yeah, what I'm saying is like, yeah, exactly. So I'm choosing this other path, which is like wild to think about. It's not radio. I know I would kill Mar- a market if they... I had some offers, but they were bullshit mm-hmm. um, or conversations. And, and then like some companies made me feel like I was old kind of. Yeah, yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know... <laughs> it like, is I am old, so the fuck what? Right, that but I'm just I saying... like more I, years of killing, yeah. killing it experience. I mean... What boggles my mind, I'm glad I could say this, is why, like, Power 99 is, like, a station in Philly that we love, you mm-hmm. know, and um, it's had better years than some other years, right? We know right. that, too. But it's still a good, like, you know, shout out to Diamond Cut. It's a staple, yeah. yeah. It's a staple, but, like, how is there not a personality from Philadelphia that's not live in the afternoons on Power 99? Like, they have the guy T-Roy, which, like, respect to him because he's syndicated, but, you know, he's doing the show from Florida. Okay. Like, I'm not trying to stop him from eating, but Philadelphia has so many colorful personalities. Like, that's what should be in that position. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. always feel like they're, with them fighting for just like the airwaves with every other way no that people chances, listen to music. Right? Yeah. And, and the truth is, they should be doing the opposite. They should be taking chances. Uh-huh. They should be filling it up with more colorful characters that are local that you're like you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it like it, it could, Philly it's Scoop like Radio. I think it it gets a little local when uh, Doc B's on or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Talk over. about guys who who I who I drew influence from, man. Right. His noon shows. When we used to work at the record store, like it was like you'd hear it every day. Like people would be like, "Yo, I need that John Doc B be playing," and yeah, be like, totally. "Loomy D, uh oh, or something like that." Or like Danny English and Eggnog party people. That like shit he would run on his uh, noon show. You know, Touchstone uh, followed me on Instagram, and I was like, "Oh my." Because <laughs> I was just like, dude, you're amazing. I remember seeing like someone helping him in Armand's. Yeah. Because he's blind. Uh-huh. Helping him go through records. And I was like, I just saw some historic shit. Yeah. 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 We, I would uh, try and copy DJ Ran and Cosmic Kev. But <laughs> Ran on the. Uh, on the radioactive. The That was our Stretch and Bobito, basically. And. Uh, yeah, that's why I would listen, and I'd be like, "How are they doing that? Like this mixing and stuff." They would actually have cutting and scratching on the radio all the time. You don't hear that too much anymore, not to the degree they had it. I remember, uh, I have this one thing on tape off Radioactive, and it's like Cosmic Kev. No, it's maybe DJ Ran and Colby Cole was the the mm-hmm. host, and uh, he's playing a beat, and uh, Ran's cutting up Tears for Fears. I, I, I'm talking to you. Hey. So come and they're like, what are you saying? He's like, what are you saying, man? He's like, I'm talking to you. <laughs> like, you never hear shit like that anymore on the radio. Yeah. Well, damn, man. Thanks for coming. I'm gonna I think we can wrap it up. I yeah, don't think yeah. we have anything anything else to go. We I'm talked about high. fucking metaphysical shit and DJ shit and <laughs> metaphysical shit. <laughs> we got, got metaphysical. Oh, um I'm raising money. Yeah, talk so, about oh, it. Yeah, oh, yeah, so go, just go check my it. Instagram out. It's in bio in the link or with link in the bio. Sorry, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, link in bio. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I'm raising money for the Salvation Army for homelessness Dope. and uh, people who've been affected from the pandemic can't pay their mortgage and shit. Oh, that's oh, awesome, that's man. Crazy. And this uh, is uh, on your Instagram, Bonix, yeah, on my Instagram. DJ Bonix. And the, the thing is that I had to raise at least $1,000 to uh, repel off the Mall of America. Which is like 14 stories, so I, I've I, and then I brought a team together, so all of us collectively. Oh, that's what I, that was the last video I was watching yeah, on your yeah. YouTube. You were interviewing a woman yeah, about that. She yeah, she was uh, uh, from being homeless, and mm-hmm. you know she has mentioned something about like demonizing homeless people. And, right. And I was yeah. like, man, that's true, man. I mean, 
obviously, like, we see a lot demonizing of... Demonizing or criminalizing, like... Yeah. She had said, uh, she was like, I, I, I would rather be... I'm not an abusive... I'd rather be homeless than be in an abusive relationship. And sure. Like, man, this yeah. is a But anyway, yeah. we raised money for that. That's awesome, And man. Uh, for, to help people in uh, Minneapolis, which is cool. I mean, that's a pretty fucking high 14 stories, so... So what, you got to do the rope? Yeah, like, yeah, like one something. of those guys? Yeah, yeah, I guess there's some sort of pulley system or rope or... And that, that's like the... If you get to the certain goal, you yeah. You, you, so I already hit the goal, but I'm still raising money. So it's right, like, but right. uh, yeah, it's pretty scary. Yeah. I never done shit like that. Maybe for every thousand uh, dollars, it's a higher story. Can we make it that? Can <laughs> we do scared. that? The more money, the higher your, your fall is. <laughs> so hit the link and uh, you know, give me a dub. Yeah, uh, yeah, do that for sure. We'll put all the links in the descriptions and whatnot Ooh. too. All right, yo, thanks, man. Yeah, man, thanks, thanks for, for coming, coming through. through Thank man. you. Hard, y'all. Hard.